looking up, looking ahead. Look up. Stay steadfast in what you know to be the truth. It is written in the word, the truth will set you free. Look up. Stay standing. Stand and affirm what you believe. Stand and affirm what you've received. Stand and affirm because you know who you are. Stand and affirm because you see afar. Stand out, stand up, and stand brave in the word. For you've called to this time to see afar, to win, and to keep moving. Because surely, as you see the times change, the grace will get greater. Surely, as you see the days look dark, the greater grace will come. For certainly the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Stand your ground. Stand it with power, with grace. For surely you are the sons of God. And God's mercy and grace does not the word say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And you can count on the Lord. You can stand fast in what he sent you to do. And you can be brave in what he's called you to do. Children of God. Sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Be of good courage. I have overcome the world, saith the Spirit. Amen. Byron, you pray. Father, we just come to you right now on this day, Lord, and we just ask you to fill us with your word today, Father God. Lord, that you'll be with us and be with our friends and family members that are not with us, Lord. Lord, that you'll protect everyone. Bless this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise your holy name. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 John Logan, do you have something? You will by the time you get here. I think I turned it off. I'm sorry. Where's the sound guy when you need him?
No, I just keep hearing, uh, greater is he that's in me than he's that is in the world. Um, I just keep hearing that. Uh, I think that we can get weary in, uh, in doing well, and, and as Vern prayed, it or prophesied, it, it, we just need to stand firm. Amen. When we are weary, we need to surround ourselves with those that are strong in the Lord, that can help us to uh, overcome those times when we just feel like giving up and throwing in the towel. And uh, God says, don't throw in the towel this morning. Don't, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Keep standing. Even if you feel weary, get surrounded by those that can lift you up. Yes. That can hold you up and, and help you through those times. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to, to keep moving forward. And, uh, and keep standing firm. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to stand firm when all things around you appear to be coming against you, appear to be just everything's getting thrown at you, including the kitchen sink. I mean, it's just everything is coming, and you don't... It feels like there's no hope. It feels like there's nothing else you can do. And you just forget it. It's not worth it. It's too hard. And, and God wants you to know that, that He has overcome. Greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. And, and He will help you overcome. He will surround you with those that can help you and that can lift up your arms. Just as, just as uh, Moses did when, when uh, he needed help lifting his arms up during the battles. You need those to help you lift up your arms to win the battle. And so He doesn't want you to give up. He just says, don't give up. Don't throw it in. Keep moving forward. Stand firm. And know that He has the victory in whatever it is that you're struggling with. Whatever it is that the enemy is trying to throw against you. It's not, it's not greater. Those things are not greater. So, stand firm. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So in case you're wondering, what's going on here? The Bible says, Paul wrote, that when we come together, everyone should come with a song, a hymn, a spiritual song, a word of encouragement, a a prophecy. This morning we had songs, we had hymns, we had a prophetic word. How did I know that Vern had a prophetic word? All I kept hearing in my spirit was, call Vern up. Just call Vern up. Okay. He's full of the word. Then I heard as he he was sharing, I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit said, stand up because Byron's next. Why? Because God wants people to use the gifts that he's given them. And this is a great place to practice that. Plus, it blesses us. We hear hear God's voice 
in a way that we're not used to maybe or it's, we hear God's voice and he, he's able to say something through somebody that you needed to hear it from them. And then while Byron was praying, Holy Spirit said, have John come down. Well, John had an exhortation. The Bible called it, the exhortation's a big buck and a quarter word, theological word. That just means an encouraging word. It's an encouraging word. Based on the word of God, it's not his opinion. It became his opinion once he started to meditate on it. But it didn't start there, it starts in the word. And every one of us can have that. What's, God's been, what's God been saying to you this morning or this week? What's he been ministering to you? Because what you have inside of you, just as John said, what you have inside of you can help someone else. I believe it's supposed to help someone else. We all need encouragement. We all need a lifting of our hands, a, 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 a hand up every once in a while. Some of us need it all the time. <laughs> but if you think, well, no, I don't have anything. There's, I don't know anything. I don't have anything special. God hasn't spoken to me. Well, then what you have, if you don't share it, the person who needs it is going to miss. They're going to go without That's right, it's on. Let it. I just want to share a testimony. Um, I'll try to be brief. The Lord has been doing amazing things in my life. And I say that not to discourage any of you, but to just encourage you. I do believe it's a season when the Lord's going to break through. And um, from selling my house in six days, ten showings, when the time was right, I mean, the timing is so critical. And in God's hands, he's going to do some suddenlies. And I don't know who you are, but he's on the way. And I, I am just shaking because he has come through in a way that I can't even contain it. Then I met a man who is a pastor in the city and ministers to the brokenhearted, and I'm getting married in August. And I, I just... And many of you know my story, and it hasn't been pretty. I mean, I lost my husband, and it, it was the most devastating thing that ever happened in my life to me and my family. He's restoring my youngest daughter. She is coming back to the Lord in just mighty ways. I have prayed for years for this one that God's going to use. So I just, I say these things to encourage you to hang on because when he comes and when it's his timing, you're not going to even be able to stop it. Or contain it. And he is getting us ready. He is getting us ready to step up and to the, do the work that he's called us to. And it has been a long wait. 
for many of us, it's been 20 and 30 years we've been waiting for answers. So I just want to encourage you. And, you know, this man is like Jesus. I mean, he is just the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, you know, I prayed for a certain type of person, and it's like, really, God? I can't even believe this. This is just over the top. So wait on him. Be faithful. Trust him. He's coming. Our deliverer is coming. Yes. Amen. 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 Don't give up. Don't quit. It's amazing. God is so good. When you hear my sermon, you're going to go, wow. Not the usual wow. I know you always do that anyway. But how in line it is with what the Holy Spirit's been saying. And I've, I've not told anybody what to say or how to orchestrate it. But it's the Holy Spirit. He's, he wants to encourage us today that we win. And it's not we win because we're so big and smart and awesome and... It's because he's so big and smart and awesome and wonderful. And when we hook up with him, we win. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. Remember to flick the switch. I never do. Um, so along the lines of encouragement and uh, going on no matter what the circumstance, I had a situation this week that kind of it was a kind of a punch in the gut kind of thing uh, through a series of events I thought I was hearing from God playing his day and I thought all these things were happening because I was hearing God and one thing led to another and lo and behold what I wanted to happen didn't happen and so it was fairly shocking But just sitting up in the drum set every once in a while, I tape up songs that I don't know very well and need to follow along with. And I saw these words in this song. And I'm going to change the all to I, but... And I will sing out hallelujah, and I will cry out hallelujah. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what. Whether I feel disappointed that God didn't... I didn't hear God's call or I didn't receive what I thought I should have got. No matter what, I'm going to cry out, hallelujah. Then it goes on to say, shout it. Go on and scream it from the moans. Go on and tell the masses that he is God. So, that's what I'm going to do. And I hope... No matter what, that's what we all need to do. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what we thought we heard, God doesn't fail us. And in all things, we need to cry out, sing out, scream out. How often would we just scream out, hallelujah, no matter what? He is faithful, whether we see it, whether it's coming to fruition right now, He is faithful. He is God, and He loves us, period. Nothing bad comes from God. Nothing. So, because this situation didn't work out right, you're making a mess. 
God is still faithful. Pastor John, um, um, this is. I'm sorry, guys. This is about you talking to the men. Um, a father this week said something when we were at a school event that kind of struck me. And then God kind of gave me a word about it. He was talking about how he doesn't want his kids um, crying and their boys. And I realize there's this whole tough guy generational thing that goes on with some people in our church, not just Pastor John. Um, and, and God says, I know the world thinks that being like this is you being strong. But you being strong is crying out to me, coming to me, showing your feelings to me that you love me and you trust me and that you trust me enough to know that I'll always be there and to show that to other people and to our kids and to our friends and to our wives and to our sisters and to everyone around us. I know that generational thing. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own family that to be strong is to be tough and not cry and not, which I never cry, so I know all about it. But you you have to be strong and tough and suck it up. Be a man. Well, God doesn't really want you to do that. He wants you to feel your stuff and let him help you with your stuff and so that he can be your dad and hug you and love you through it and just trust him just hit flip the switch I'm going to lean on this boy Cheryl I did pretty good for six months Partly on my own strength, mostly on grace. And lately I've been such a crybaby and I don't like that. But my sister had sent me something a widow friend of hers had written. She said, people are always saying, God will never give you more than you can handle. She said, yes, he does all the time. That's the whole point. He'll give you more than you can handle alone. Because he wants us just hanging on him, dependent on him, knowing where the help comes from. And if if we, I think I managed a lot with grace and God's help, and I was close, but still had to run at the end of Jane. Just had to get to the end of Jane, and then I, you know, he'll never give you more than. You can handle, never give you more than him, he and you can handle together. Mostly his strength, my weakness, his strength, my weakness, his strength. And I just want to close with what's been meaningful to me lately. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. I've been fussing over building a deck. God sent me Mike (laughs) to build the deck. That's God's plan. Because I finally said, Lord, just take care of this. I, I mean, I'm done. I can't make a decision on this. I'm going to take another year to make a decision if it's up to me. It's almost all done. And the next line is, unless the Lord guards the city, they labor in vain who guard it. 
everything that comes against us. You know, we can't, we just don't have any protection that lasts. I don't care how good our army and marines and government and everything is, unless God does it. It's in vain. But he is, we are wonderfully watched over if we come to him. Amen. God's good. Amen. Let's all stand. Not going to sing, but I want to worship him just for a few moments. I want you to declare how good God is from your heart, from the testimonies you've heard, how God has touched others, but also how he's touched you. Let's worship him. Amen? Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. You're good. You're good. You're amazing, Lord God. You're wonderful. You're amazing, Father. You are bigger than any problem. You're bigger than any adversary. You are more mighty. You are more holy. Thank you, Lord God, that you are more than enough. More than enough. When Satan comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against him. And that standard is higher, wider, thicker, stronger than anything Satan can do. Thank you for it, Father. Praise your holy name. Glory to you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we do sing hallelujah, we say hallelujah, and Lord, we even cry hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. To the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah to our healer. Hallelujah to our provider. Hallelujah to our protector. Hallelujah to our Father. Thank you, Lord. You are more than enough. We lack no good thing. And Lord, we do lift up the name that is above every name this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are good. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. We're going to receive communion at the end. And uh, at that time, you'll actually not fellowship, fellowship, but you'll fellowship. How does that sound? You'll be able to get with some folks, and I'll explain that when we get there. It's time to receive our offering. The ushers have offering envelopes. Go ahead and take one as they come around.
I want to thank you for your giving. Thank you for your sacrificial love and offerings and tithes and everything in between. God has richly blessed us. I'm so excited to be a part of a congregation where they understand, we understand how big our God is and that He provides everything we need. Amen? So I want to thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for honoring God with your giving. And as we give, we do it not out of compulsion or fear or anything else. We do it because He loves us. Amen? He loves us first. Hallelujah. Children are dismissed. Thank you, children, for being with us and worshiping with us. You're so awesome. This morning we'll pray for all the parents as summer has hit full force. Let's pray. We'll receive the offering. Father, we do thank you this morning, Lord God, for supplying all of our needs, for exceedingly abundantly blessing us. Thank you, Father, that every need is met according to your riches and glory. Father, every need, every, every spiritual need, obviously, but Lord, also the physical needs, things that need to be taken care of. Thank you, Father, for all that you do for us all that you've blessed us with. And Lord, this morning as we give a portion back according to your will, according to your plan, according to how you lead us, not just lead us as a congregation, but but us as individuals, how you lead us, we'll be obedient to it. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I have one more testimony that I'd like somebody to share. Wayne, can you come up? Wayne uh, Wayne and Patty have been heading up a opportunity and I want to have give them an opportunity to share about that. While people are up here giving their testimony, I just get this verse running around in me and said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the words of their testimony. And we're having communion today. Um, you want to start out, Patty? You start the. You start. I'll try to finish. Okay. The beginning of this story started two years ago, um, that we didn't know about, uh, and it was just one of those things. We're going through our son's Facebook friends and asking about who's this, who's this, and we get to this girl named Nicole, and he starts to tell us that she got cancer two years ago. She has four girls. Her husband couldn't deal with it, so he left. Um, she was advised to turn her kids into foster care, and she refused because these are her babies. And so she had some muscle tissue removed here, had a rib removed almost up to the spine. They weren't sure if she was going to walk again, but she is walking. Um, and I said, what, what did she do? And some of the waiters all chipped in and took turns watching her children while she went through chemo. And I'm like, wow. And so we 
just this kind of grabbed hold of our heart. And um, I would like to just thank this whole congregation because you guys have all taken her in your hearts as well. And we've been able to help her immensely through your, the church has, through your prayers, through your giving. And um, it's really been, been a blessing to be able to be a part of that and to be a part of this body. My heart gives a big thank you, too. You know, it's like, we have an awesome church, amen? We have people who love people, people who care. And, you know, when Adam came back, we asked, well, how's Nicole doing? And it wasn't so good, you know, her situation. So I went up to Vern and Mary Norton because I knew they... The ministry does do these kind of things. And so I asked Fern, I said, is there anything we can do to help this family out? And this was on a Thursday night. Well, by Saturday, we're at Walmart. Vern, don't fool around. So we're at Walmart Saturday morning with carts. We're stacking up all these groceries and loading them in the trailer. And we're heading off to Nicole's house. And so we went up in, to Nicole's house with the goods and met the family. And Vernon and Mary were ministering to them, and we all were, but we also brought food. Amen. And so I thought, this is just tugging on my heart. And we know there's many cases like this, you know. But this is the one that God brought up for our past, across our path. And so God just gave me a heart. And last week I was, I was um, sitting not too far in there, and I was just weeping and weeping and weeping. And it's like I couldn't stop. And the verses in, in Matthew 25, 35 through 40 were just getting repeat over and over and over and over. And it was like, the compassion of Jesus, the love of Jesus, working through the body of Christ, this body in particular at this time. And, and this is what it says. We're all familiar with it. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we... <coughs> Excuse me. My eyes are getting a little blurry here. Uh, hallelujah. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and said to them, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did this to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And we just want to say thank you. And we know that, you, that this whole body... We know we've seen clothes up here shipped overseas, and all, but also the local community. And 
we're blessed to be a part of this church, and we just want to thank you. So, amen. And then along with that, I received an email this week. And so if you don't know exactly what all happened, uh, so we announced it or an email went out a couple of weeks ago just outlining what was happening here and what, what, uh, uh, what had been going on and about her situation and how uh, these guys had had gone and helped, and we just put a, a, a offer out or an, an, an you know just a opportunity if anybody wanted to give clothing or food or or anything if anybody had anything on their heart to uh, to donate or to give that we could do that. And last week. Uh, people were coming up and handing gift cards and and uh, people brought clothing and people brought all kinds of stuff and can you give me an idea what was it about approximately about five hundred dollars over seven hundred dollars and I know the people gave cards and and there was also uh, cards for uh, clothing and everything else. Well, I received this email this week uh, with the, uh, the headline, uh, Nicole, and it says uh, this. The person got my email from, must have been off the website or whatever. It says, Pastor John, I just want to thank you and your church for all you're doing for my friend Nicole. It is a blessing. It is blessing her beyond words. People ask all the time, what would Jesus do? You don't have to look any further. Then your church, truly the heart of Christ. So, that wasn't just for me. It actually wasn't for me at all. It was for us. And I want to thank you too. It's a... Uh, Huge blessing. Huge blessing to be a part of a, the body of Christ. <laughs> be, be a part of the body of Christ. You dragged it out of me. <laughs> I've been sitting over there holding my peace, trying not to get up and come up here and say anything, but this last one really did it. Eleven years ago, next month, Pastor John and I stood right here and we told the congregation that in Jesus' name, by His striped I was healed of the cancer that I had. I'm still here. Ornerier than ever. But <laughs> I was sitting there during the worship time that you were talking about, and I just kept having a vision of Roman soldiers and their shields. And that when they would go, they went to conquer. And that's what we're going to do. We're here to conquer the enemy who's here to destroy us. And he's going to lose. I mean, it's already been written. He's done. But the Romans had these big shields that they would carry. And when they went into combat, they would hold them in front of them. And when the enemy would come against them, they would stand kind of like this and put the shield in front of them. And all the guys on both sides would tuck their shields in behind and make a wedge. 
and the enemy would have to try and break through that, which they couldn't. And then once the enemy's attack had been broken, then they were able to advance. Well, what I came up here to say was, after the chemo was all over and I was, I was done with it, I, I came up here again and I spoke that we all know the, the, the footsteps poem, how we looked back and we saw one set of footprints and we wanted to know why Jesus wasn't with us. Well, what I said at that time was I didn't see one set of footprints, I saw hundreds because all you guys were there with me through the whole thing. And also, this, this young lady, Nicole, while you were talking, I just kept hearing, she will live and not die. And all of us together and other places that are along with, we can all add our faith to that, that she will, in fact, live and not die. Bless the Lord. Interesting. Whoa. Uh, but I'm believing, too, that she'll be miraculously healed, that God would touch her. And, and this week I was thinking it'd be nice if Nicole could come here with her family, you know, and then I kind of forgot about it because we were over there yesterday delivering some things. And, and um, this is a testimony to you guys. She says, um, we're talking about Oh, she's talking about a church, and then she goes, but she goes, I'd really like to come to your church. And I was thinking it'd be great if she could come and testify, but she mentioned it. I didn't bring it to her attention. She's the one who mentioned it. So we're going to figure out a way to get her over here so everyone can meet her and her children. So praise God. Amen. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, begin with verse 18, as usual. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing... (laughs) For the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth till now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The earth is waiting for the unveiling of the the revelation of the sons of God. Well, I want to state this morning it doesn't have to wait any longer. That's what it is. This is what it is. It's walking in that love. 
It's walking in the love that God has given us. He first loved us so that we're able to show love. Whether it be showing love to a, to a hurting family. Whether it be showing love in a situation of when someone is, is, uh, uh, has the opportunity to give up. Showing love, walking in love, walking in the power, not quitting. Actually overcoming the situation when the diagnosis is grave. That's what sons of God do. That's, that's what sons and daughters of God do is we don't quit. We keep living. We keep proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's happening. It's happening in lives around you. It's happening in your life. I loved what, what uh, Linda said. She goes, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel bad, but things are really good right now. <laughs> That's an awesome testimony. I get that, you know. There's sometimes when God is so good to you and everything's just falling in line, you're just going to go, I hate to tell anybody because I know they're going through some, you know. But they need to know that it does happen. Man, and if you know what she's been through, if you know what he's been through, if you know what she's been through, if you know what they've been through, if you know what we've been through, the testimony is that much more powerful. And we win. We win. Our God is greater. Now there may be days, there may be weeks, there may be months, there may be years where you just keep slogging it out. And you do it by faith, even when it doesn't make sense. But you just keep moving forward. That's kind of been the thing that keeps me going ever for the last 10 years. Is I just, I, you know what, I'm just going to take another step. I'm just going to take another step. We're going to just, we're going to go one more step forward. We're not, we're not going to shrink back. We're not going to fall back. We're going to move forward. And by doing so, the sons of God, the daughters of God, the children of God are revealed. But it's in the midst of it is when we need this. I am sorry. Please forgive me if anyone says, no, don't teach on that this morning. Patience. Patience. I've kind of gone the whole gambit with patience. Years ago, way back, way back at the very beginning, I read the verses like the one I'm going to read here out of, out of Second Peter that talk about adding patience onto godliness and all these other things. And I thought, oh, yes, Lord, I want to be more patient. Help me be more patient, Lord. Well, then I found that, you know, a time later after going through what people go through, I find the verse that the way we get patience is going through suffering. Dude, I'm going to quit praying for that. <laughs> but then at the same time, we need to add patience. We need to grow. Remember that, that verse out of, out of Romans 8 
says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's worth going through what you're going through right now. It's worth it. Now, you notice I didn't say it was fun. You know, notice I didn't say I, I have to enjoy it. It does say, the word says, to count it all joy. Because when we go through, we receive all of this on the other side. But what you're going through is not the worst thing that can happen. Actually, not going through anything ever and just staying the way you are is the worst thing that could happen to you. By not having struggles and trials and testings and stuff that happens that, that makes you have to cling on to God. Without those things, we stay the same and that's the worst thing that can happen to you. Even Jesus learned obedience. He learned, uh, uh, he became more mature through what he suffered. Now you don't have to go looking for things to make yourself suffer. Don't do it to yourself. And some people do it to themselves. Some people make choices and then when they're going through it, they say, oh, I'm just suffering for Jesus. No, you did it to yourself. Don't blame God for that one. The world is full of opportunities. It's full of trouble. It's going to happen anyway. In it, grab a hold of God. Say, okay, Lord, work through me. Work in me. You're perfecting power. Second Peter chapter 1. I am not going to in any way, shape, or form going to preach depth in this. I just don't have time. This is powerful. This is, you, can, you should meditate on this set of scriptures this next week. These ten, or these seven, eight verses. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So that's what you start out with, faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But faith is where we start. That's the beginning. Believing that God is, that He, that he exists, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's where we begin, but that's not the end of it. When, when you hear about a, uh, one of the old timers, one of the old uh, preachers, you know, that saw all kinds of amazing things, they said, oh, he was a man of faith and power. And they describe him, oh, he was a man of faith. He was, she was a woman of faith. That's neat. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, there were some amazing things that happened. But how much better to be described as a person of love? 
person of patience. Faith is the start. We have to have faith. We have to believe that the word is true and that, that God exists and that he, we need to obey what he says, that what his word says, how to live for him. By putting our faith in what he did on the cross, that's where it all starts. But it says supplement your faith. Supplement your faith with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. Steadfastness is another one of those big buck and a quarter words that just means patience. So knowledge with with self-control and self-control with patience. And patience with godliness. And godliness, do you know know that godliness is not the ultimate standard? one of the standards is one of the progressions of becoming more godlike or christ-like being like god being having a form of godliness you know somebody looks at you and says oh man he's really a godly man well thank you very much but that's not the epitome of this progression the progression keeps going and says, and godliness with brotherly affection. Caring about one another. Caring about each other. Caring about the person sitting next to you. Caring about the person that, that, that you are walking through this life with. That is, is as important. Because with, if you're godly, then you'll love others. Because then it says, brotherly affection, add to that, love. Love is the highest standard. Love is the place that God wants to get us to. Verse 8, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he is cleansed or was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, and if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. By continuing to walk in that progression, always adding, always getting, getting uh, deeper in God, deeper in, his, in a relationship with Him, but also living your life in such a way that you're adding these things on, one of them being patience. Man, every one of these testimonies today, they could have quit. Linda could have quit any time. I'm sure she was tempted to. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. People. <laughs> this has been brought to you by small groups here at River Valley Christian Church. Amen. 
Amen. And still. Because we're not done yet. None of us are done yet. None of us have reached the pinnacle yet. Where we're walking in absolute love every moment of every day. Just ask your children. Or your spouse. Or me. But patience. Don't quit. As I heard people sharing their testimonies, it's just like, exactly. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't just keep moving. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. But don't stop. The only way Satan can cause you to lose is for you to stop. It's for you to quit. It's for you to go, you know what? It's not worth it. I give up. He wins. Can I have the ushers prepare communion? I've had a, just not necessarily a verse, but a thought running through my head this last few weeks. And I'll think about it every once in a while. And it's that place where Jesus has been ministering and he you know he's he's thinks he's 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 he sees movement he sees people growing he sees things happening and and then some one of the disciples does something and he goes how much longer do i have to stay here with you guys how much longer do i have to put up with you guys not i'm not thinking that about you There's plenty of other opportunities in this world to have that thought, to have that opportunity. Even Jesus had the had had opportunity to go, you know what? Never mind. The other one, the other verse, and this it was still not about you, just it may sound like a lot more like it, but remember when when uh Moses was leading the people through the desert and God wants to kill them all. And Moses says, no, don't do that, God, because, you know, if, if that happens, if you kill them all, then the, all the nations that, they, that has seen what you're doing will go, see, you know, there's no use in, in following that, God. You know? He says, don't do it, God. And God says, okay, I won't, I won't kill them all. I won't destroy them all. And just a couple of weeks later, Moses goes, you know what, God, kill them all. kind of like having a spouse you know that you know it's it's good that at least one of you is in a good mood most of the time you know and you got if if one's ready to give up somebody else the other one's going no you can't quit now you made me keep going when i felt like that but oh no you're not giving up now so we need each other communion communion is about Jesus not quitting. He didn't stop partway through. He went all the way to the end. And when He went all the way to the end, I mean, it, He went all the way to the end. His blood was poured out. He was so beat up. He was so cut. He was so tortured. Blood was everywhere. And I know that's just that's a hard thought, man. I, first time 
I saw the, the passion. It was hard. Because you see the absolute brutality. And the thought that kept going through my mind through that whole movie was, it was worse than that. Because it's, there's a verse that says he, that he was not even recognizable as a man. And he didn't quit. Because it was worth it. His blood shed for you. His body broken. Beaten. Destroyed. And yet he gave his life willingly. It's always amazed me. He didn't die until he says, I give up my spirit. Into your hands. I commit my spirit. And he said, at the Last Supper, he said, as often as you do this, remember me. Do this in remembrance. Do, do this. Remember. That his body was broken. His blood was shed. Here's what I want us to do. I'm, I've stopped early and it's not because I want to get out. It's because I want to give you some time. Kids don't have to get picked up right away. I can almost guarantee you're all going through something. You all have opportunity from the youngest to the oldest. You all need to stand. You need someone to stand with you or you need to stand with somebody. This morning, what I want you to do, I, fellowship, I, I don't want you to, to stand and talk and ask about, you know, gardening. What I want you to do is I want you to gather in groups. And if you're not very outgoing, somebody who is outgoing will just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, why don't you pray with us? I encourage you to pray one for another. Now, you may not be comfortable praying for somebody else. That's fine. If you say, I, I just don't, I don't, you know, I pass. That's fine, this time. But I encourage you to pray one for another. As you heard, all of these testimonies this morning, people who are like, oh, I didn't want to get up, but okay, I did. It blessed us. You have something. You have an anointing on you. Not because you're you, but because He's in you. To minister to those that are around you. I encourage you, don't, don't congregate with the ones you usually congregate with. Get with somebody. Pray with them. So I want small groups so you, not, not everybody can stay up here. Some will have to go back there and across and some will be in the, in the seats. Just spend a few minutes. doesn't have to be all afternoon. But spend a few minutes praying for each other. Lifting each other up. Remembering, reminding each other that He did it for us. Because he bro His body was broken. Because His blood was shed. There's an answer. There's hope. Let's all stand. Father, we do come before You this morning and
we remember Jesus. We remember that day. The day that He paid for all of our sins. But He also purchased our salvation. Sozo, salvation. The life of God. Father, we remember and we celebrate that today. But Father, each and every one of us need need You. And You've given us the body to minister to us in those times of need. And so Father, this morning we, we practice that. Put us with the people that need to, that we need to be with, the ones that we need to minister to, and that those that need to minister to us. And I pray, Father, that through this time of ministry, you will be glorified and honored and lifted up in every way possible. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please come forward and then get get in some groups. Pray for each other.